Hello, Blood Bowl Grud here. Now I'm only introducing the Tier 3 podcast because they've promised me a big bag of money and the chance to touch Bob Bifford without him noticing. Hello everybody and welcome back to the show. As usual, I am the host with the most J and with me is the man, the myth, the legend, Beard. Beard, do you want to say hello? How you doing, everybody? It's another episode. How's everybody been? We are recording not long after the last episode, so we haven't got a lot of hobby to talk about. But, Beard, have you managed to do anything within that time? Because it's been, was it like two weeks? Two or three weeks? Um, I've done a bit. I've got some, some more corn painted. I've started basing for them. I've started painting some Age of Sigmar lizards with contrast paints. So I've been using contrast for the first time. Other than that, just getting ready my singular MOOC for the Threadball Legacy team. What about you? Well, fortunately, I'm the lazy bastard that painted one team and he's going to use it for the rest of the year. So um, my Thread team was painted. I've had a bit of a, had a, bit of a snag. I left out one of my models and he was on my desk. It was that Luke of I model that I was making. Mm-hmm. And I, well, I walked away and didn't realise the cat had jumped up on my desk and started chewing on the bastard thing. So it chewed the sword arm and one of the wings. So me, after arguing with the cat, and I told him how much of a dick he was, he looked very apologetic about it afterwards, but uh, he was a dick for about two days. I had to chop off the arm, put a new one on, and I've had to fix a couple of... A couple of uh, wing membranes and make it look like it's part of the model and paint it back up to where it was. But after that, I managed to build, put a bit more paint on it so it's closer to the end. I think I sent you a pic of what it's looking like now. You did, it's looking very tidy. I'm, I've got a little bit of gold, a little bit of silver to do, and then i got the flesh of the vampire head and hand to do, so that won't be much longer. I got a necromancer and 20 direwolves. Built and undercoated, so they are ready to be painted. I've actually magnetised a couple of them as well, so they got their own little tray. What else have I done? I've picked up. Are we pick? As we're saying, purchases a hobby. Yeah, still hobbying. Right. Well, I got twenty-five graveguard then, which I managed to pick up on eBay. So I think I've got enough now to do an AOS vamps list. And if I'm honest, after I've done that, I've got enough then to do an AOS corn list because I'm sure I've got enough now to make like a juggernaut army. And then I've got about 16 other t- armies and teams I've got to do because I've got rule books everywhere that I've got to learn. We, we're going to be starting a Warcry campaign soon that nobody on you is going to want to know about because this is a Blood Bowl podcast. On topic, on topic. I know. Speaking uh, about that, you've played your first game of Warcry. I have. And do you want to tell the people what you thought about it? I quite enjoyed it. It felt very different to other GW games in the fact that it was taking turns to activate one MOOC rather than everybody moves, everybody shoots. It was more reactionary in the fact that you you did actions for one, then the other guy got to go with one. Then you went with one, so it felt more real time. Mm. I enjoyed both games. I played a mainly Saurus lizard list and then a mainly Skink lizard list to give it a go, so I could see both ends of the spectrum. I enjoyed it. I've ordered the rule book since, and that's turned up this morning, so I've got that to have a flick through as well. So yeah, I, I did enjoy Warcry. It's definitely one that I'll be be looking at more often. I will be joining the campaign. Yeah, perhaps uh, we can talk about that more in hobby sections in future, but it's not going to be the main topic of this uh, podcast. We've managed to get Griff to play an actual game of Blood Bowl lately as well, haven't we? So he's we have. practicing now to get ready for Sin City. He's probably going to be practicing more with his Sin City list than us two. And what else? What else have we done, Beard? Yeah, we've started in the league, haven't we, bud? In your local uh, gaming club. We have. We've started in the Merthyr League. I've I've taken my corn, and you've taken uh, your Black Oaks again. Yep, I told you. I, I painted one team. I will fucking use it for everything. So, 
Mutha League is the Yobo Season 7, I believe it is. Might well be, yep. Done by Matthew Feely. And they were cracking a bunch of blokes. And I know some of them are probably listening. So, you know, thank you for having us. And thank you for uh, letting this window liquor beard play there as well. But, um, <laughs> no. Well, got to be nice to them, but they won't let you win otherwise. What were we going to say? We've both had a game. And you played Ogres, wasn't it? With your corn. Took corn, I played against ogres, yep. Phil had some absolutely awful dice on his boneheads. I nearly said humans, because I'm so used to seeing you play humans in the last couple of weeks. But no, it it looked an interesting game, especially when, you know, he had to get up and walk away because I'm sure he would have punched those uh, dice into like dust. Because it was just it wasn't his night, was it? I think by turn six of the first half he was already in double figures for boneheads. And then the dodges he did try and make with the Noblars kept rolling ones as well. What was that play that killed him? What was it? What was that? That was the rush to have the touchdown, wasn't it, to draw? The rush for the touchdown for the draw at the end of the first half. I scored, I think, turn six or turn seven. And he threw a gobble towards the end zone. And he needed two rushes. And he tripwired on the line. Everything else, he, need, he got perfect dice. He got exactly what he needed. So... He got the dice for pushes. He didn't get the blocks. He got pushes just to move things. And he managed to get the the rush to get the ball to the guy uh, to the Noblar next to the Ogre. The Ogre didn't bonehead picking him up. It was accurate. Everything went fine. And then he was just getting over the line. He tripwired. So it should have been one all first half. So what was the final score? Uh, it was one all in the end. Good. At least he, at least he brought it back second half. That's the main thing, isn't it? Yeah. You, you, you don't want to go the full game with the dice. He's like, got his finger up to you. You know, Nuffle says, fuck you, Phil. Oh, I, I think Nuffle was still doing that, but he, he just stopped risking dice. Oh. So did you have any players injured? Uh, so I have uh, nobody dead. Uh, nobody MNG. Uh, I had one badly hurt, but he's back, and that was the blood letter. I've got a con herald with kick, because I took a random, and I took a random on a pit fighter, so I've got a dirty uh, dirty player pit fighter. But I have... The other herald is one one SPP away from a random, as are three other pit fighters. So depending on how my next game goes, which is against... Yes, my next game is against Nurgle. Depending on how that goes, I might have a few more skill-ups. Oh, so it sounds like a... Very interesting game for the listeners. Perhaps next game that we play, we'll have a bit more of a play-by-play. Yeah, it was. I will say I was trying to concentrate on my game, but I was too busy half the time looking over my shoulder, seeing how your game was going. How did you get on with your game? I was going to say, while you were doing that, I was playing my game. And I was playing Ian with his Chaos Chosen. I was a little bit worried about this one because I have not had a good run when it's been high armour versus my black orcs it's be, like even his beastmen were not as squishy as my goblins so i was very aware of this but didn't stop me making a couple of dull plays and i mean i was so lucky that nothing majorly died because we got to a point i think it was turn six where he broke through the middle of my line of scrimmage and he managed to get two beastmen through but i managed to knock one out with the gobble hit squad which kind of threw him a bit, I think. Because I don't think he was expecting three goblins to drop kick a fucking beastman. But then I think it was the last turn of the first half. He had his beastman. All he needed to do was cross the line. I managed to get a goblin in behind him. My troll... I don't know how I managed to get this tidy. Through a perfect throw. All the dice went in the right direction where I needed it. And he landed on the six. So... He didn't, he passed his, you know, dull on a two plus. He threw on a six. He passed his always hungry, threw on a six. I landed on a six, right? And I was managed to move in a perfect position in front of him, right? I tell you what, but it was phenomenal. It was like, through that moment in a game where, oh, this just works so perfectly. I'm never going to see this again. The sun shines on your dice perfectly. Oh, yeah, it was like, Nuffle spoke to me in that moment. He was like, this is all you're getting for your whole Blood Bowl career. Make the most of it. Yeah, I managed to bring him in front on his turn eight then. He had to beat one away and then dodge away. It was looking all right for him. He pushed one of the goblins away. Well, he's used all his re-rolls by this point because of so many skulls at the beginning of the game. He rolls a two. 
the uh, beastman lands on his face, knocks himself out. Goblin tripped him up. Last turn of the uh, first half, he should have been one nil up. I felt a bit. I felt a bit bad. I was like, I was glad I wasn't losing, but I felt bad that I managed to fuck up this perfect play that took him all the first half to set up. But that's the way the game goes. I kind of enjoyed it. It was good. It was a good fucking play. Second half was I picked up the ball. I was just making sure that my guys moved up slowly. That I wasn't like putting people in positions where they could be outstrengthed. I made a dull play though. Goblin hit squad. Took down a, a Chaos Warrior. Didn't he like didn't knock him out, but he was stunned. So they were left on their own, so they got picked off a little bit. But like luckily through my game, no goblins were harmed during the playing of that game. They were always left in tricky situations. Luckily, Dodge saved him a bit. Brawler was clutch for my uh for my Black Oaks because that saved my ass all through the game. But the dull the dull play, right? Beard was I think it was turn four. I got overexcited. I started, I started clearing an area in the, the opponent's uh, half. Cleared people from around my troll. I thought, oh, I don't know how I can make this work. I was gonna move my, I was gonna move my goblin behind my troll and make a little cage around my troll. Right? I thought that will be it. But that goes out in my head then, right? That goes so far away. That idea in my head goes, throw the fucker again. Of course it does. Oh yeah, I've already moved the goblin. All I gotta do is hold him there one turn. But he launches him on the pitch. He kind of ends up close to the, the side. So I thought, oh shit, I'm out by a Managed to get a couple of players around him. I was so thankful, like, you know, a couple of more skulls turned up for my opponent. But I managed to put people around him, protect him. It was only by the grace of Nuffle that I managed to get the ball carrier back around the, around the scrum that was created. And then he just run up the pitch then on the opposite side of the wing. It was like... If they was a, if you were watching it for a rugby game, it would have been like the most amazing play. You know, the w- the winger was legging it. By by the time the game was over, and he had a couple of uh, missed next games. I think he had two two beastmen and a chaos warrior gone. You know, he's got a weakened front line. Yeah, it was a very good game. I was I was quite chuffed to walk away with a win on that one. Yeah, I was I was shitting bricks on that one, but because I, I, like everything was stronger than me, and the fact that he's got horns on his beastman, it's, it's definitely about positioning when you're playing against chaos, especially when they've got similar or high strength to what you have. Yeah, but I was lucky then because dull plays and risky business. I managed to get three random skills, two on goblins, one on my troll. I thought, fuck it, why not? I'm gonna have a laugh, and I got three players now that if they have a good game the next game can level up as well so my troll which i've now called barrel he's now got stand firm useful gonna be a pain in the ass ass for people i was quite happy with that one phlegm the goblin has got jump up again useful very useful and other goblin nashan has got safe pair of hands so another useful skill i feel so basically you get to pick where the ball goes if he has the ball and he's knocked down back that can be very useful because your your opponent can't really hope for where the scatter goes because you can choose where you want it to go. That's that's very, very useful. He's effectively my ball runner. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy with that one. I've got one black hole that's missing the next game, but I got 85,000 treasury. All I need to do is get an extra 10 from my opponent if he's uh, got a very good uh, TV and I can get uh, black oak journeyman for a game. So I'd be back up to five Black Oaks. So it doesn't matter so much. It's going to be fun. We all love it, don't we? We do. That's what we play it for. Exactly. So that is our adventures in the Yobble League. That is our hobby. I think before we get into the main topic of Pro Elves this time, we should talk Kickstarters. We should. This is your time to shine. Take it away, sunshine. Cheers. So I've got three Kickstarters again for you, as uh, as is our usual par for the course. I've got a mix of things. I've got army or project team, depending on what you want to buy from them. I've got some dice, and I've got some bases as well. So we'll start off with the team, and this is Brito- if you search Bretonians Full Fantasy Army project this is stl files of fantasy football ninth age and fantasy army brett's and they've got a lovely picture first up of what looks to be a blood bowl team given the numberings on them and it is all medieval themed knights peasants objective markers wizard three-headed ogre along with a few other things that you can have as part of that beard beard yep beard. be honest with us it's monty python and the holy grail 
It is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Tell the people what they want, man. They don't, they don't want to just know it's a Brett team. People want Monty Python. It's the Blood Bowl team who says, Nyeh! You, will, you want some D-rolls? Exactly. Exactly. So if, if Monty Python's your thing, for a whole 25 euros, so about 22 pounds, you can have the whole team. Uh, and the full set of everything they offer which is 35 models, 50 plus STLs, because that includes things like shields that you can add on, objective markers, alternative bits for your bases, things like that. And these do look really, really smart. This is something that I would buy if I had a 3D printer, because these do look rather nice. And there's a few things you can kit bash as well. So some swords, poles, some axes, some chests. So yeah, that's that's not too bad. They do a merchant pack as well, which that's about £43 to license them. But for, for £22, I don't think that's a bad little set what do you think i like a bit of monty python you know me yeah i, I kind of like it and this might be me getting into old world alliance or actually having a nobility team properly it's, it's they're nice models and i've been meaning to pick them up for a while but i don't hobby that much so a bit of a bit of a metal team like they were before kind of kind of put me off a bit but if i can get someone to print them off who got the 3d printer i'm more likely to pick them up so yeah i kind of like it i really do they put a smile on my face like i said i like monty python it's it's my dull sense of humor i think i think this is fantastic should be more teams like it yeah they're, they're full of character every single one there's just loads of really good little details on these and i really like them yeah yeah these are they're great i'm looking at the three-headed knight and it's bang on but i'm gonna be honest with you if i did pick this up i would be that idiot that would want to magnetize the black knight yeah this is amazing i like you got the knights of knee you got oh you got everybody man. it is a very very nice set i think this is the most excited yeah. jay's got about a kickstarter since he bought the punga set oh this is they're good they're good I really do like them. I really do. It's it's amazing. I got a big smile on my face looking at them. I just love them. And you got the Spanish Inquisition as well. I love it. I do. Right there you go. I'm gonna be digging up my Monty Python DVD now. That's Jay sorted for the night. Moving on to the uh, the second Kickstarter then. This is Z Dice, and these are exclusive dice with multicolor anodized aluminium for collectors and board game enthusiasts. So they are metal dice, but rather than having your standard dots, these have the numbers etched onto the sides and i do think these look rather smart you can for about 18 pounds you can get two multi two dice multicolored for about 18 pounds you can get two dice one color plus one multicolor dice or for two standard color dice it's about 16 pounds these do look rather nice if you're if you're a bit blind you can easily color the numbers in as you've shown a couple of their test images these do look a bit nice they're just a little bit different from the usual sort of things if you're blind and you find it easier to read numbers than read pips these might be for you are you waiting for my honest opinion now are you or i am indeed to be honest like you said if you're blind it's and you find it easy to read words, it's probably better for you, but I just, I, I don't like them. Fair enough, not every project's for everyone. No, it's, they look, this is going to sound daft. They look pretentious. Well. They look full of themselves. But some people are like that, and these dice would be ideal for those people. But they're aluminium, and I don't know. I, I would, considering like how much you carve out of each side, it's got to be weighed down like absolutely bloody wrong as well, mate, doesn't it? Well, unless he's he's managed to control how much is etched out by how deep each side is etched, so it's an even weight. If pretentious, multicoloured dice is your thing... Go for it. And what do you say? With eight quid a pop, is it? Eight quid a pop per dice, yeah, roughly. Do you know what this is the other reason I think this is pretentious, right? Ten pound for one multicolored dice. For one. Oh my word. It's not even like two for a ten or something. If you were buying these, you were buying them for the sake of saying, I have bought a dice for £10 or more. If you were to set a three, you would just be in a twat. Well, some people are. No. Z Dice by Ego is not for me, but okay. might be for you, but it's not for me. Not for everyone. So we'll move on to project number three, which is Where Legends Stand. Again, this is 3D printable and it's thematic bases for wargame, tabletop, RPG and board game miniatures. Possibly up to 1,825 STL files, depending on how much you back. With the core pledge, it's about £13 and you're guaranteed to get 150 unique bases four different versions so totaling 600 stl files plus all the unlock stretch goals so possibly 1825 different stl files for about 13 pounds now before we get into all the different options and the quality of them for a start off that looks an absolute bargain for that kind of price these themes they have of the bases you've got aztec spirit mosaic urban apocalypse 
Eldritch, Scrap, Flagstone, Blood God, Cyber Hex, and Dungeon. And then in each set, there's 15 unique bases in 10 sizes. So 25 mil round, 32 mil round, 40 mil round, 50, 60 round, 60 mil oval, 75 mil oval, 80 mil round, 90 mil oval, and 100 mil round. Uh, there's four different versions of each base as well. So there's a flat version, a flat version with supports on the printing, bases with magnet holes for 5 by one mil magnets. On the stretch goals, there's a further seven new themes. So Warzone, Underwater, Forest, Ice, Steampunk, Retro, wave and treasure and then there's eight unlockable square versions of all the themes and 365 unlockable base toppers so there's an awful lot to come with this and the bases i think they look absolutely great i mean i'm just looking at the aztec and the spirit bases as they're the first two and i think these would look absolutely great for lizard men uh, necromantic there's absolutely all sorts that they would fit with you've then got cathedral of the martyred rose which is the mosaic bases again these would look pretty good on blood bowl bases as well i don't think there's any on there that you couldn't use for most things or you couldn't find a use for what do you think to those there's a couple of steampunk and futuristic ones on there that you couldn't use but if i'm honest if i was just into one board game i probably wouldn't take up this pledge per se because like you said is on the core there's there was quite a lot of bases that you didn't weren't going to use so like i said because you said there's some future bases there's some so you'll have a lot to spare if you were paying for it yeah but i do like the fact that you could print them with magnet holes so it's not just like sticking on the on the base and then hoping that it stays and you've got an actual slot to put them in that's pretty good if you and not big up on changing a lot of your bases. You've got toppers as well, I know. So it's got some uses. That's fair. For want of a better term, £13 for the lot. So it's not bad. If you've got a 3D printer at the moment, it's amazing the deals you get then. Yeah, I think when you consider a standard Blood Bowl team of 16 minis, 17 minis, depending on positionals, for moulded bases, you would pay about that by the time you've taken into account enough of them, because usually you're talking five, six, seven quid just for five. So even if you just use the one set, I think for £13, if you print a lot of stuff yourself anyway, I think that's a bargain. And I dare say a lot of people who are into the hobby don't collect just one team or one game system or one army. So you could sit there and go, well, actually, I could use that for this or i need a standout base for a hero or a character or a leader i'm sure you could find something in there that would fit yeah we've talked hobby we've talked kickstarters i think it's time that we have a, a bit of a break and then when we come back we are going to talk pro elves or elven union as gw would like to call them if you are still interested guys we'll see you after the music <laughs> guys i hope you enjoyed that uh, musical interlude now we get into the main part of the show which is we are talking elven union and i think this is the first team with pointy ears that we have spoken about on the show beard today we're going to talk pro elves and do you know it a little bit about pro elves like what the uh, the background story is on these things Aren't they supposed to be too fancy for playing Blood Bowl and they just like showing off? No, I think that's how elves out it. So basically, it's when the NAF collapsed and the hoity-toity elves took over a bit, proper players were kind of uh, snuffed. So that's where the Elven Union teams came from. Because these were proper players that wanted to play proper Blood Bowl. They didn't discriminate if they was like dark elves, wood elves, high elves. As long as you were an elf, you were part of the team. Which, you know, is fair. If you're good at something, you want you want to be playing it. Here we go. They are a tier 2 team. They've got access to apothecaries. They can have team rerolls at a cost of 50,000 gold pieces. And special rules and inducements that they have access to has got to have the Elven Kingdom's League keyword. So, Beard, why don't you start us off? by talking about everyone's favourite position, the lineman. So, your bog standard lino then, lineman, you can have 0-12 of these, these are your chaff. They cost you 60,000 gold pieces a time. They are movement 6, strength 3, agility 2+, passing 4+, armour value 8+, they have no basic skills, their primaries are agility and general, and their secondaries are strength. Right, so what skill would you give you a lineman? So my basic lineman, I think for agility in general, I would go with either jump up or sidestep, and I would 
probably go guard because out of any of your players on this team these are your cheapest and these are your ones that if you have to lose somebody by being in base to base with somebody you would rather it be your lineman than say your throw or your catch or your blitzer so guard because i'd probably have them near each other to keep each other again sidestep and guard so if you have to sidestep you can sidestep towards another one of your players to assist with guard jump up i just think keeps them at movement six with no no issues there what about you what are you going with with your skills right well i have also said sidestep and jump up because if they down they're not moving and you know that get up for three is going to cost a lot of movement considering they are a six move player so if you're getting up you want to move your full six i've also said that perhaps one player can have the kick skill yeah perhaps controlling where the ball lands is better off because you've got you've got to be able to dodge you've got to be able to get it get there so you're giving yourself half a chance really by controlling where it lands because then both teams have got to chase that ball down there. Then this is also, I thought, a good one for a lineman, because it get, if they get hit and they're on their feet, they can get out of dodge, they don't have to worry about being in a tackle zone afterwards. And for secondaries, I also said guard, because I thought perhaps these can back up your blitzers, your catchers. Brawler could be a good one. Yep, I think that's fair. But the thing is, with the lineman, they're 60,000 gold. Considering how pricey everything is, it's very hard to control the TV, I think, with cutting your chaff. Because, like, when you've got goblins and halflings, after about two or three skills, it's worth cutting because they're getting too expensive then, aren't they? Yep. But the linemen on these, I think, you've got to really limit what you do with them. If you're in a position to be able to cut one and get one back, it's going to be worth it. For sixty, you stick to you stick to three skills on them. They get really expensive, really quick. So you just that's something to keep an eye on. So you're not giving away too much when it comes to the inducement stage. But yeah, this is the player that can get cut and brought back. Now that we've said that, I'm going to talk throwers. Throwers are zero to two. They are seventy five thousand each. Movement six, strength three, agility two plus, passing two plus, armor value eight plus. They come with the pass skill. The primaries are agility, general, and passing. Secondary is strength. So these are the guys that are going to be sitting back or mid-table because they are going to be your last line of defence or setting up an amazing play. So if I was to set up a team, I'd have two and put them in different positions on the field. Skills I would take are running pass, accurate and sure hands, safe pass, sidestep, nerves of steel, but I wouldn't take a secondary. I think you so much you can get in the primaries for them it's not worth taking a secondary skill i think that's fair i think for me i went with cannoneer and safe pass i think out of all the secondaries i think for me the most useful would be thick skull if i was for if you were going to use armbar on me and force me to use a secondary that's what i would go with but i i agree with you i think throwers have that many primaries that are useful a secondary i'm not sure i'd want to take it i'd rather take a stat up on these I'd rather take a stat up on a throw, so possibly a move up, possibly a move up. You want to protect the position, the ability to throw it on the field, you know, so... Yeah. Running pass, that gives you the ability to move around and still throw, and then you can move after the throw as well, so he can back up another player, he can run to cause a distraction, he can do a lot, and, like, nerves of steel is always a good skill for elves when you know you're going to be swamped. It ignores modifiers for being marked when they attempt to perform a pass action, attempt to catch the ball or attempt to interfere with the pass so it takes out the bonus of being ganged up on doesn't it so yeah that's probably a skill which you're probably going to chase down as much as the blodge skills to be honest but like we always say we don't tend to look at block and dodge because everyone takes it and we want uh, we want to give people ideas on uh, what other skills are available so you said about your skills and you reckon thick skill to uh, make them a little bit survivable? If I had to take a secondary, I would go with thick skull. But I, I agree with what you say. I think there's, they have access to so many more useful skills through agility and passing. The secondary on strength, is it's almost pointless. I would take that. I'll take a single. We go on to catchers now then, is it? It is. So your catchers, you can have 0 to 4. These are going to be primarily your guys that you're going to be getting over the line and your biggest scoring threat they are a hundred thousand gold pieces each 
their movement eight they are strength three agility two there's a bit of a theme with the agility with these elves passing of a four up armor value again eight plus they have catch and nerves of steel their primaries are agility in general and again a secondary of strength for me my primaries i would go sprint or sure feet just so they've got that longer scoring threat through sprint sure feet obviously helps with your sprints and your rushes uh, i'd also be tempted to go with diving catch secondaries at it again thick skull i think that's useful just to make them more survivable but i also thought of juggernaut so if you are finding yourself with your catcher having to blitz somebody out the way to get over the line having that juggernaut of putting a both down into just a push could be the difference in getting that touchdown over the line and not. It could be. That's what I'm thinking in that scenario. I mean, how many times have you played games where opponents have literally castled up at the back and you need to push something out the way? Do you know what I mean? And just having something to assist with that. It's useful, but would you want to save that many star player points to get a secondary on this player? Or would you feel more comfortable getting things quicker because of how how soft he is with his armor value you've got to save up a lot more for your secondaries have no and then it's like can you justify it because to me if it was a case of there was about four or five different things in a secondary that you would find useful perhaps it's worth doing like a random skill in that secondary but i just feel it's not worth the risk at that end of it that's fair that's totally fair what would you take with your skills on your catchers then well see if this sounds familiar Sure hands, yep. diving catch, strip ball. I love a bit of strip ball because my justification for this is movement eight, they get around the board. If you've kicked the ball in a very good position, who's the one that's going to be chasing them down? Is your catcher with that movement eight? And if you've gone sure feet and sprint, that's like, was it movement 10? Yep. So you're chasing them down. If the guy's going to try and do anything, you catch it to play funny buggers with them. Like I said, fend. It's always good because I get them out of dodge. Pro, because who doesn't love a free reroll? Sure hands, dive and catch. You can also stick sidestep on them if need be. But, you know, there is any number of skills that you could just pull on this player and he becomes 10 times more effective. Because yep. they got a 2 plus dodge and they can get about a bit, it's hard to pin them down. If you were going to save points, I would say it's probably best to put a stat up on them. Yep. Or perhaps up their armour a bit because they are going to get hit. Perhaps strength, movement, one of them. But really, I don't look at startups that much because you've got to really save and possibility that a player being killed before you get to that point is quite high but yeah I'm, I'm just a pessimist i reckon where are we to now i think you're taking us through blitzers at this point last but not least we got blitzers so you can take two blitzers at 115,000 gold pieces so they're the same points as a troll movement seven Strength 3, Agility 2+, Passing Skill is a 3+, so they could become like a secondary thrower if need be, you know, for very short passing, and they've got an armor value of 9+. Skills and traits are Block and Sidestep, Primaries are Agility and General, Secondary is Passing and Strength. So, to me, you want these about. So, tackle is always good. Dauntless is always good because you need to puff up your chest if you're going into some big tackles. Jump up, pro, and then secondaries, safe pass, accurate, fumble ruski. I think they would have a better chance of using and just pass. If need be, you can back up the passing skill. But yeah, fumble ruski, I feel that would be perfect for these guys. If you're going to blitz, you don't want them carrying the ball. So, they can put the ball down and then carry on with the blitz action then, can't they? So... They can uh, fuck about with the other team then. So, Beard, how would you build your Blitzer? So, my Blitzer, I'd go with a single of jump up because they are going to be blitzing with block on there. And my doubles, I don't either pass or accurate because, like you, I spotted the three up passing and realized again with the movement of seven, these are going to be your backup throwers. Or if the ball is on the line of scrimmage and you can't get your thrower in for whatever reason and your blitzer has more chance of getting to get into the ball, it's, it's plan B for getting the ball and getting it upfield to your catchers. So, I've gone pretty much similar to what you've gone with there. I'm thinking my blitzers are going to be my backup for the ball to get it forwards. Yeah, it's like their first job is to knock the players out, but failing that, they can be like the extra extra couple of uh, squares that a ball needs to travel. Like absolutely, because you're not going to do anything other than a, like a quick pass, you know. So it's, it is a short pass, but it's a get out of dodge, really, isn't it? So yeah, it's nice start. Not it's a nice mid 
you know, mid-dice stat. Is you're more likely to get that off. And like I said, chuck pro on it because if something happens, you can always use that to reroll. Planning games in it. So yeah, I think that is building an Elven Union team. What I find with Elven Union teams is they're very expensive for what they are. I agree. I think the low armor relative to other teams, Jority Eight. I think the cost of what they are compared to other like you said linemen uh, across other teams where you have zero skills they are pricey and i think you have to know how to play them well to avoid as many blocks going your way so therefore keeping your linemen your throwers your catchers alive longer they're one of the few dedicated passing teams within the blood bowl 2020 edition i mean with all of these guys you've got a 50 percent chance or more of passing the ball with any player which is very very good in a in a in a edition of blood bowl where passing isn't going to be the norm as much a handoff or a short pass maybe but these guys this is your team where they're going to vanity pass if they got the ball in the backfield while they're waiting for you to get closer or while they're getting the ball upfield they're going to go for that extra point here and there where they can simply because they can pass on a two catch on a two that's going to happen it's cheap and easy way to score star player points i think they will struggle against teams that have a lot of skill ups that are aimed at putting players down and keeping them down so i think you need to know how to position your players so that you're not getting hit multiple times per turn so you're limiting the number of times you can be put down yeah and the thing is that two plus dodge as well because that's what it is basically it's that's uh quite a hard thing to combat like you've got to put a few plays around that person to stop getting past but it also makes it easier for them to skip over down players so you don't have to go around players you can just beeline it down the middle if need be like so yeah i've got some cracking movement now i think in this edition of blood bowl because they are not limited to running around a wall of downed players they can they can just skip over the top can't they no offense it's really hard to fail a two plus unless you beard i've taken rolling ones as the norm so rolling anything above a two i tend to get quite happy with even if i need more than a two i'm just used to rolling that many ones i i've had to double check all my dice to make sure five of the sides aren't ones and that i've not been shafted by with my dice when i bought them why does it always rain on me <laughs> i can fucking hear. i don't know i i do i do tend to roll a lot of ones but then I, i'll have a game where everything seems to go right it happens that's blood bowl it's dice you know, we remember the failures more. Why does it always rain on me? <laughs> I don't know. I play. I played the uh, Firestone League game earlier against uh, one of the Cardiff boys, and he said to me after the game, "Your luck was that bad. It surely should have changed by now. So go buy a lottery ticket." Oh, don't. Because you buy a lottery ticket, somehow you lose the house. You know that. Well, yeah, wouldn't surprise me. I'm not, I'm not saying you missed a bad luck, but. Uh... Right, Mr. Bardluck, let's talk uh, inducements, <laughs> is it? I'll let you run with inducements. No, it's just a little chat that I want to have about inducements because we did, we've we not talked a, a lot about them in the past when we were talking about other teams. But I think now that we've got Death Zone out and we've got the addition of extra inducements and, and that now, perhaps you know, it's worth a discussion on if you can afford inducements with your elf team or whatever team, perhaps we should look at, into them. So on saying that, like we've said, it's... Elf team is going to be quite a high value team. Basically, you've got to, if you're going to win, you've got to win by a good margin. You've got to like rack up the touchdowns to get the extra gold. Absolutely. As we all know, Apothecaries have taken a bit of a hit. So they're not like a be-all end-all now when it comes to your average 50 50k inducements now so i wanted to have a look around see what we can do upon saying that i found in the death zone book one of the coaching staff carrie goldsteel and she is fifty thousand gold pieces so she's the same price as apothecary but i think she's more useful because for that 50 you've got a reserve and you've got cheerleader that counts as two cheerleaders when you go to the kickoff table and i i, I forget the name of the uh the, the kickoff event but when it comes to the one that you add your cheerleaders she counts as two so if you've already got one and you get her that's three cheerleaders so you're in a better position than most but if you've suffered a casualty in that game say a lineman got crumped and snapped his leg so he's, he's not going to make it back on the pitch she then counts as reserve so she comes on she is a movement six strength two agility three plus passing five plus armor value eight plus she has block 
Dauntless, Frenzy and Loner. So, Block and Dauntless, that could be useful. The only thing you've got to watch with her is Frenzy. She gets a little bit too overzealous, but you can work with her. To me, this is a good use of 50k. What do you think about that? I think that is a very good use of the 50k. You think about it, a normal lineman is 60, yep. yeah? And he has no skills. For 50... She's been helping you on kickoff events if you're lucky enough to roll that on the dice. Plus, she comes on with four skills. Yep. Granted, one of them is Lona 4 Plus, but you've got some useful skills there to use. Oh, absolutely. And I think the fact that before you put her on the pitch, you've got those temporary cheerleaders helping you with kickoff events, which by the time you buy two temporary cheerleaders, that's what, 20,000 gold pieces roughly? That's about that. You know, you're talking for th effectively for 30,000, you're getting a player as well. I mean, don't get me wrong, once she's gone off the pitch, she doesn't count as cheerleaders or a player. But for effectively 30,000 after the two cheerleaders before she comes on, you've got movement six, which keeps up with alignment. Yes, she's strength two, but she's still agility three. And like you say, block, dauntless, frenzy. I'd be using her similar to how you would Acorn. I'd be using her as a suicide piece. Go in, smash something, and get away with it. Exactly. He's like, don't get me wrong. If she gets sent off, you're not losing anything because she was a one-off anyway. She, she's great. Like, you're not going to put her in a position where she's going to, like, pick up the ball or she's going to score a touchdown because that's not her role. She's in there in the thick of it so she's stopping players probably chasing down the ball carrier but I think I think she's got more use than what some people think about her because I've heard a, a, quite a few people kind of give a little bit of stick stick about her for 50k she's got more use than an apothecary I feel yeah my next one right I'm a little bit torn on it see because I think it's useful but if you had a 90 thousand like the price of this guy is would you rather wait and then get a reroll at a hundred but before we get on that conversation what i'm talking about is i can't say his first name so i'm just going to call him charlatan and basically he's an agent who at the start of the pre-game sequence after steps four but before step five randomly select d3 players on your team that are eligible to play during this game these players have been approached and are interested in notable effects until the end of the game each selected player gains the pro skill so that's really useful you've got three players that you can have a chance at having inbuilt re-rolls with granted it's always going to be a three plus but that's very mid dice that you get out more often than not and then at the post game sequence you've got to roll a d6 if they're still alive on a one they are too big for their boots and they get the loner two plus skill on a two to five they go back to normal they don't get the pro skill but on a six if you're lucky to roll that the player automatically gains the pro skill and you don't have to spend uh, star player points for it you just automatically get it so i think a chance to get in three three star, uh, pro skills in a game and the chance to carry it forward with that player is worth 90 but then you've got the question of would you use that or would you save another 10k and just get an extra reroll see i would be looking at the reroll i would look at the reroll i think if you're in a position where you can spend ninety thousand gold with pro l's something's either gone badly wrong your opponent's team is a lot higher tv and yours is considerably lower and you you might have lost players yeah i would be saving for the reroll but i think i think shyland charlatan it is a nice little uh, inducement and i i do like the fact that you have equal chance of that player gaining loner two plus or gaining pro obviously you still spend your star player points on it but still i think there's worse inducements in the book and i like the fact that this one is available to any but i think for elves especially when you consider the cost of their rerolls once they get into the league i think that's that's very very useful that's not bad but but yeah it's the fair point is if you had that much you've either trounced your previous teams and you've gone like six or seven nil so you've got all that extra gold from winning the game with extra for a touchdown. Or you've lost so many players that you've added out journeyman and then build your TV back up. So if you're in that position, a re-roll is worth it. But then if it's the last game of the season and you just play for shits and giggles, perhaps he would be worth it because the role would be just like a fun little piece then at the end of the season, wouldn't it? It would. But he's still, I think, more useful than the Elven Wizards. I think that's the downfall for inducements for him. So have you have you looked at any of the uh, Wizards for Elves? I've not. I've not gone through the Wizards with Elves. Because I'm not one for particularly using Wizards. You're not one for particularly using Elves either, so... Well, there is that. I mean, just looking at the Druki Sports Sorceress for 150,000 gold pieces, you have your standard 
Thunderbolt, or you have 1,000 cuts. So you may cast this at the start of any opposition team turns before any player is activated. Target any opposition player and roll a d6 on a roll of 3+. plus. They're hit by a swirling storm of incorporeal dark magic. On a roll of 1 or 2, the magic engulfs the player briefly before the spell dissipates harmlessly. Until the end of the drive, if they're hit by the magic, the movement, strength and agility characteristics of the players of that player hit is reduced by 1, which I think could drop some players considerably and drop how useful they are. Yeah, but then again, if you're playing, I don't know, say Skaven, is it really that different because you're just dropping them down by 1? They still got very good movement about running around the pitch. But, and then you could say probably goblins or snotlings would probably be most affected because then they would just be useless. They'd be dribbling green messes on the floor. But I don't know, that's, that seems quite hit or miss to me. And I'm not a big lover of Thunderbolt. I find that's a very, a very shit fireball really, isn't it? Because it only affects one player. There's yep. no area effect. And like you said, the Druchi Sports uh, Sorceress has got that. The Azure high mage as got as well as temporal distortion so what is it this one temporal distortion on a five plus this spell is successful and uh, the turn markers are moved on a roll of one to four the stadium fills up with light and strange localized effects cause the high mage to rapidly age and become unexpectedly more youthful but otherwise the spell has no effect so that's a high dice roll to try and get that and all it does is it moves the markers but is that worth one hundred and fifty thousand? you're not even talking a 50 50 chance you're talking one third chance and i just think yeah, it's, it's not worth it. No. Basically for that, you're paying 150,000 gold for Thunderbolt. Yeah. So, like, Juchi Sports Sorceress is better than the High Mage, but, I don't know, it's not by much. Shall we uh, look at teams that we would build? Yep, so do you want to start, would you like to start with the 7s or would you like to start with the 11s? Well, I'll tell you what, right, why don't you start with 7s? Okay, so my 7s team, you know me, I like playing with all the toys and you can only take up to four positionals so having seen what skaven are capable of at high speed on a sevens pitch one thrower one catcher two blitzers and three linos for five hundred eighty-five thousand copper pieces leaving me fifteen thousand left over i think that's got plenty of speed plenty of uh, the, the two plus dodging here there and everywhere what have you gone with well i've gone with exactly the same list because to me it would make more sense to have hard hitters and then the ability to throw that ball around your linemen you're not going to give two uh you're not going to give two tits about because you recycle them but yeah i'm exactly the same it's 585 tv and i think that's a nice little list to start off your sevens journey with the pointy-eared bastards i think that's fair so let's go uh blood bowl union is it a proper team you know, the full 16-man team, is it? Pros. The pros. Right. So, for what my one mil, I've decided on two blitzers, two catchers, two throwers, five lightmen, two rerolls. That leaves me at 980 TV, and I've got 20,000 gold pieces spare. Depending on the team I am facing, I might just change that into cheerleaders, I could turn it into coaching staff, or I might be lucky and get some extra coppers to spend on other inducements. Like, I, I, like if I had a chance, I'd probably use carry cold steel straight away then but beginning of the season you're not going to be that lucky i think that's a pretty solid list i've gone very very similar i've gone one thrower two catchers two blitzers six mook linemen two re-rolls no apothecary and that comes in at nine hundred sixty-five thousand gold pieces so i've got thirty-five thousand gold left over either thinking for inducements or waiting for the first mook to die i've got some gold towards rebuying my next one like we said pro elves are hard because they are quite high priced you're not going to get a bench with them here. And that's a little bit awkward for me and you, because we're used to having a bench. But it's interesting. You've got to protect those players, but I think you are gambling a lot then if you've got only, like, if you've got less than two catchers, because uh, what if one's taken out, it's very hard to move the ball about, you, you know, because you, you're down that movement. That nerves of steel is quite a, a big thing to lose as well. So, yeah, be interesting. And I've actually got a pro-elf team painted by our friend at Shaolin Chainsaw. He painted them and he painted them spot on. They look exactly like the box art. Well, they look better than GW, I will say. So he is absolutely amazing. If we haven't said already, please go check him out on Instagram. He's under Shaolin Chainsaw. He is an amazing painter. 
I think that's everything now. We've talked inducements, we've talked teams, and we've talked skills. I think we are going to go into another break now, and we're going to wrap up the show. Then guys, this is the end of the show. We haven't got a end of show show this time, but we have recorded this and as of time of release, we are making our way to Thread. So we wanted to take this time to say thank you to Squad Chaos for having us at your event. We also want to say thank you in advance to Two Drunk Flings and crew for having us at Sin City. Because by the time we record our next episode, we would have gone to the both events. Yep. That's going to be amazing. So this is our first big tournament away now, beard, isn't it? It is indeed. So are you excited? I am very excited. What about you? You fucking sounded it then. Yes, I am very excited. Beep boop, beep boop. Oh my word. Yes. Don't get paid enough to put up with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so- I'm sorry, but it was just... Yes, I am excited. <laughs> yeah, I- I'm excited. It's a chance now that we can meet up with people that have uh, contacted us. We got a chance to meet up with listeners and we get to talk face-to-face with our sister podcast. The Year Squad Chaos uh, a lot. So it's going to be really entertaining. And then when we get to Sin City, we'll actually get uh, we get to uh, meet the two drunk fighting boys face to face. And we can both take turns licking Alan's head. Yep. So it's going to be fun and games. And what else is it? We've got an affiliate link. We don't actually mention them that lot these days. So I'm going to make a point now of saying. We've got an affiliate link with Firestone Games, Cardiff. If you live in South Wales, you would know this is like the biggest venue for Welsh Wargaming. And... They have a range of events that go on there from cards like Magic Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh, Final Fantasy, Pokemon to actual war games like AOS, 40k, Malifaux. They have Blood Bowl there. Quite a good Blood Bowl contingency there. But the main reason you're going to go to Firestorm is they've got the most amazing range of miniatures and hobby accessories you will ever need. So if you go to the web, web store or go in the shop, let them know that you're the listener of tier three we have an affiliate link with them so it's in the description below and yeah so you don't lose anything by using the affiliate link and we get a kickback so hopefully at some point this year we can actually get out the competition because we haven't done one this year yet have we but we haven't, we haven't asked yet i can't wait so like i said can't wait to meet everyone face to face and be yeah, it have you got anything you want to say i'm uh, looking forward to meeting everybody i do want to give a shout out to Mediocre Modeler who did a commission Imperial Nobility team for me a couple of months back and that's come through and they are absolutely stunning models Uh, so check him out on Facebook and on Instagram he does do commissions so have a chat with him have a look see what he does Uh, he got very very busy when Warhammer Curse City came out and he got through them surprisingly quickly to a very very high standard as well shout out to Squad Chaos for putting up with us when we come up for the weekend Uh, shout out to Two Drunk Flings for putting up with us for the day we will be very very tight because we've got a very very early start but we'll be just as much fun as uh, as every bugger else, sir. Oh, yes. I can't wait. But now that you've mentioned Mediocre, mediocre Modeler, we're going to have to put a shout-out to Shaolin Chainsaw, who has done a bit of commission painting for us. Yep. And he's actually painted for free the Halfling team that we donated to the Threadball Auction as well. So I want to say a big, massive thank you to him for doing that for us. That was a, that was a big help. It's a fantastic painted team. He is an amazing painter and you will find him on instagram as sheldon chains so i would say drop him a message he is an amazing painter and you would not be disappointed by what he produces so that's it now then beer we've said our thank yous we've said we've said our affiliate link i think it's time to say goodbye it is so it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from me and oh you know what else i forgot to say fuck you windrum so long <laughs> <laughs>